Take the guesswork out of your cannabis shopping with ECS DNA Kit by Endo Canna Health. I did this years ago and it continues to empower me to get nerdy with my cannabis choices, which you know I like. If you've watched our Cannabis Legalization News podcast, did you know that right now you can save 25% off your DNA test at endodna.com? That's E-N-D-O-D-N-A.com and use promo code POD25. That is P-O-D, the number two, the number five. Your purchase includes the EndoDNA Collection Kit. Endo Decoded Report, Personalized Cannabinoid and Terpene Suggestion, Endo Aligned Product Matching in Your State, Suggested Dosage Guidelines, and Optimum Methods of Administration. Once you know your personal ECS data, you can shop Endo supplements tailored specifically for you. And right now, Endo DNA is celebrating their new patent with a BOGO offer on their Afeca Soft Gels lineup. Since so many of you struggle with sleep, I want to highlight Afeca Unwind created to support healthy sleep cycles using a patented proprietary formula of hemp-derived CBD, terpenes, and essential oils. If sleep is eluding you, sweet dreams are made of this. So buy one, get one, my friend. You can shop online at endodna.com. And don't forget promo code POD25 at checkout to save 25% on your DNA test kit. What's up, everyone? It is 3 p.m. on a Sunday afternoon, which means you're tuning in to Cannabis Legalization News. Happy Sunday, everyone. We just hit 5K, and actually, we're like at 5.26K. Yeah, it really accelerated once the DEA took a shit on Delta 8 THC. Uh, so what exactly is that about, man? What do you mean? The the whole the, the, the oh. lawsuit now and all this shit going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, that was really cool. So Hempire Direct uh, reached out to me after they saw that, you know, starting to trend on, um, I'm not sure where they saw it starting to trend, I think on Reddit. And so uh, the DEA came out with what they called an interim uh, final rule. And so it's during the public comment period right now. But then the DEA has two different types of rules that they have. Uh, interpretive rules, which they claimed it to be, so it could be effective immediately. And then there's legislative more rules, which have a 60-day comment window before they can come um, effective. And so that that one rule uh, was just just totally glossed over because the the way that I read it, it seems like they're trying to criminalize Delta-8 THC as being a synthetic uh, tetrahydrocannabinol that's a Schedule One substance. But then if you read the definition of industrial hemp under the 2018 Farm Bill, it is very clear that there's no way that hemp-derived Delta-8 uh, THC could be considered um, a synthetic tetrahydrocannabinol that would be uh, a Schedule One substance. It makes no sense. And so yeah. like, I, could, I could read verbatim. Uh, whether and because like right now I'll be working on a piece and then I'll be working on it with uh, Benji over at Hempire Direct. Shout out to Benji and Hempire Direct. And then we should show because uh, uh, Benji's like really good at um, uh, internet marketing. And so oh, yeah. he had Redman today start hyping about how, yeah, we got to go sue the DEA. But I mean, it's it's very, very broad, the definition of hemp under the 2018 Farm Bill. It's synthetic, though. Doesn't that just imply not natural? <laughs> uh, <laughs> It, all tetrahydrocannabinols, both, I mean, like that's that's drug regulation or drug code uh, 7370. Uh, so meaning tetrahydrocannabinols natural contained in the plant, the genus cannabis plant, as well as synthetic equivalents of the substances or its resinous extractions of the plants, also synthetic substances, derivatives, and their isomers with similar chemical structure and pharmacological activity to those substances contained in the plant, such as the following. And then they have some examples in Delta-8, which would be one of those. However... Uh, it does not include tetrahydrocannabinols that are hemp. And hemp has been defined under the statute as the plant, cannabis sativa, and any part of that plant, including the seeds, and all derivatives, extracts, cannabinoids, isomers. And then they, uh, the DEA has this BS thing where they start to talk about the difference between those that are occurring naturally in the plant or not naturally in the plant, which is not in the definition of hemp, but it does, yeah. the definition of hemp does say whether growing or not. And so, uh, but naturally versus not naturally. I mean, even if it, I mean, first off, it's a fucking, it's a plant. So isn't no matter what by default natural. No, that's the thing. You know, it's not like they made this thing in a lab. They took a CBD extract and then they, uh, treated it with a little bit of some other stuff. And it was, it was a derivative. It was an extract. It was an isomer. 
uh, it's whether growing or not. You know, it's, uh, it doesn't say whether natural or synthetic. It does say whether growing or not. And if uh, Congress wanted it to only be the natural derivatives as opposed to all derivatives, all extracts, all cannabinoids, uh, and the only thing they really seem to care about is the Delta 9 level. So um, we need to get a deck action uh, or an injunction to prevent the, the DEA from shutting down the, the very young uh, hemp yeah. extract industry. Because it wouldn't just be the Delta 8. It would really be like any uh, CBD extract as well. Because as soon as you start processing the plant, mm. its levels go over that 0.3%. So uh, there was two bad things. One that said, you know, all these extracts have to be the Delta 9 level compliant, even when they're in process. And then the other one that seemed to like say, hey, this Delta 8 stuff uh, doesn't really matter that you derived it from hemp. Uh, we're going to still consider it a Schedule 1 substance, which, you know, if they want to do that, that's fine. They can amend the Controlled Substances Act or they can amend the definition of hemp uh, to not be so broad uh, at yeah. the next farm bill. But We'll see, man. Um, we'll be working with a few organizations and clients on that to sue the DEA. Nice. Well, yep. that, so is that what we consider like a class action lawsuit? Is that one of those things? Uh, it, it, in theory, might evolve into one. Very often, these mm. types of plaintiffs have like organizational plaintiffs, you know, and so it'd be an industry uh, association that would have members. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, that's awesome, dude. So, you know, big shout outs to everybody, and especially uh, Nick. He, he just gave us another super sticker. Evidently, like we have applause. We have super stickers and you can ask us questions uh, as well. Like, I'm, I think that's, there, no, there's a super sticker and then there's like a comment. I don't know. YouTube is kind of like gamifying it so people can make more money because yeah, then, they keep changing the platform. Yeah, then they, they take 30 cents on the dollar, you know? Mm -hmm. No, but we do appreciate it because it all goes to the good cause, you know, spreading the word. It goes to supporting the channel and we really do appreciate it so we can make great more content. And the 5,000 subscribers, that was really cool of them. You know? Yeah. Shouldn't you be by next to a, a fireside? Oh, oh, that's right. This is supposed to be a fireside chat. Let me uh, change change uh, venues. You know, just just like a lawyer, you should always be able to change venue. Like a suit, like Superman and shit. Wait, wait, wait for it. I got magic powers. Wait for it. Wait for it. I think he just tripped along the way. Am I there? Wait. <laughs> oh, so you're, you those know, your girls, my girls. Yeah, uh, they are about five weeks old. Three girl, uh, no, three bear OG. They're autoflowers from Mephesto. And so, of course, this is my medical home grow. Uh, welcome to my medical home grow and the fireside chat. This is fire and training. It's still got about eight weeks before it's going to be time to harvest. But uh, they've started. You can see the now you really can't see. But uh, it's just started to flower. They're they're five weeks old, so that's about when auto well four weeks three three and a half four weeks is when auto flowers start to really show that they're flowering. But you know, hey, are you familiar with the word PGR? I just learned about this today. Yeah, PGRs are gross, dude. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, and so, man, like looking back at some of the bagweed that I used to buy off the the street before I got my medical card three years ago, uh, I was wondering if PGRs were involved in those. You know, and I never, what that? do they stand for? I thought it was, is it phyto growth regulator or, or some type of growth hormone it's, it's or plant growth, plant growth, growth uh, plant growth regulator or plant growth. Yeah. This, and it's a yeah. manipulate the plant, you know, throwing in whatever heavy, you know, I'm, again, I'm just learning about this today. Like I've always, I've had a couple plants and grown and it's always been just bare and central, uh, natural. You know, uh, like those growing tomatoes, but PGRs apparently are used to manipulate the buds to make it stronger, sometimes bigger, you know. And, and again, this is uh, uh, like Monsanto type shit, right? Like, yep. Um, Maybe that's plant growth regulators. And I, I know for a fact none of the plant growth regulators were in here, but that was a cool, like, side by side picture. Have you seen that one going around with the plant growth regulators on one side and the natural? Well, not necessarily naturally growing. I mean, like the fertigation systems that you have. So if you're running like in a, a medium that doesn't have like a lot of nutrients, like this is a, a, a super soil with a, a clover cover crop. In theory, mm. you're only supposed to just have to water it. But then uh, if you're doing like a, a neutral medium, like a cocoa choir or um, gosh, I can't I can't remember the it's not perlite, but it's another volcanic rock that mm. um, a lot of uh, cultivators kind of swear by. 
yeah. those then you you need to like be you know uh, fertilizing them and feeding them nutrients, but uh, that's allowed. I mean, this the, the PGRs yeah. are something besides that. Yeah, it just seems scary to think that even uh, you know even the traditional market this whole time, not like we've ever tested for it or known about it or would know, you know, yeah. and then that just it's just another way to for greed to to get into this industry. You know, that's right. Well, when I mean, you sell by weight, and then depending on how you yield, do you really care about flavor? I mean, some strains are they they're low yield, and then they also take longer to flower, but they could be really unique uh, craft strains. And then you're not trying to squeeze every dime out of them. You know, you're really trying to create an enjoyable experience. So that'll be great. Speaking of creating an enjoyable experience, let's give away some dube tubes. Let's answer nice. some questions for some dube tubes. Looks yeah. like one of these still has a hemp joint in it. <laughs> so yeah we got questions? questions yeah well i pack a bowl oh well, you might want to it's it's not quite uh we got 10 more minutes look at that we got 10 more minutes what is that that's an ounce well less than an ounce now <laughs> here we go it, it was an ounce to begin with yes and and our shitty laws apparently you guys can't even buy an ounce but uh an ounce is our no, minimum we can Oh. oh, no, no. Like you have a max of an ounce. And I just recently saw Cresco popcorn flowers in an ounce. So okay. Like it was 200, 270 bucks for some popcorn flour from Cresco at wow. the local uh, medical price. I don't know what the uh, the adult use price is on that. That's 125 with the veterans discount. So it's not too shabby. The buds are nice. Uh, nice so they aren't like popcorn buds because like you know, no. popcorn is, yeah. There's well, we, shit down there. Yeah. we do have uh, some manufacturers that package the popcorn buds, and um, they're not horrible as well. But yeah, this no, is they're the, good. They're okay in pre rolls or in the extractor. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. really, I, I grind it up anyways. So uh, I got my little grinder from Raw that I All like right. to use. You know, well, did, uh, I really, I'm on my mobile, so I ain't got like access to any of the controls. Do we have any uh, questions or any comments from the audience about who? Who should I mail some of these uh, Boba oh, packs right. and dupe tubes to? Yeah, we have a question Lord, from R4Rev2. Think Wisconsin will ever legalize soon? What no, do you guys think? Not even, not soon. Not even close to being soon. Uh, it's beer country, and then not only that, like I don't even think that they have a bill for med medical. And so if they don't even have a bill for medical, it takes a couple of years to get that bill through the legislative process. And yeah. then it'll take a couple more years after that bill has been through the legislative process to award licenses and then to actually start getting medicine to patients. Uh, Missouri is a good example. They did it by ballot initiative so they could go around the legislative process. And it's two years on and we still really don't have Missouri operators. We have a few, but like it's it's very, very early. I don't think patients have yet gotten medicine that they haven't grown themselves like I'm growing here. Uh, and so Wisconsin is um, is. SOL kind of right now. And that's one of the reasons why you guys should call your legislatures in Wisconsin and ask them if they support the Safe Banking Act at the federal level or the Moore Act, and then tell them that you're not going to vote for them if you don't, if they don't, or at the state level, uh, you guys need a bill in Wisconsin, to be honest. And so if you're looking for a, a state to model off of, uh, I'd say Oklahoma. Oh, God. Yeah. But, but, you know, also too, New Jersey, another example, the past uh, medical and uh, it's taken two years to even get to where, you know they're considering still so yeah right. they're probably about five years at least you know and also reach out to normal create an organization you know yeah normal J, uh the normal chapter in the northern part of the state he's been an activist there for 10 years i mean before that but that's when i caught up with him because of my uh, book where if you guys do want one of these uh i didn't write it in wisconsin but i also did not get arrested in wisconsin trying to promote it and so, um, yeah, we'll uh, get his address and stuff, and we'll mail him a dube tube. And then, um, do we have any other audience participation? Who wants a book? Yeah, anyone? Zero three one one veto. Not only did it did he give us or did they give us five bucks super sticker? Thanks for that. They also had a question about Illinois licenses. The first round. When do you think they will be awarded, and which ones first? Uh, dispensaries first. I think that they won't be awarded for a while, but here's the, the, the crazy stuff that'll probably go down that I was talking to Edie from, uh, Chicago normal shout out to Chicago normal. We just re-upped our, uh, membership for this year as well. And shout out to Edie as well. Uh, so we were talking and then we think that we're going to get them, uh, probably on a Friday dump. Uh, it may be during the week. 
but this is one of those hot items where as soon as they uh, provide uh, winners and losers, their phones explode and they know that. And so that's one of the reasons why I think it's going to be a Friday dump. It might be this coming Friday. It might be the Friday after that. Uh, the rule has been finalized. Um, turns out Toy Hutchinson is not out. There's just somebody else who's been appointed. That's that Danielle Perry who's been appointed as more the regulatory head. And um, they're getting ready. We think that they are pretty much ready to announce it. They just gave a new declination. That means I don't want it form uh, that came out by Wednesday of this past week. So it looks like they're really gearing up for an announcement. I'm predicting a Friday because of the crap it'll cause. Because what's going to happen is, just like I'm trying to go sue the DEA now, uh, somebody's going to call me. And they're going to want me to sue uh, the state of Illinois. And uh, if you're if you're watching from Cresco or another multi-state operator, go check the mail uh, or just turn off the volume. OK, if you're out of the room. Great. And so uh, then what's going to happen is that somebody's going to probably try to enjoin the state from conducting the lottery until the uh, results that have prevented their client from getting into the lottery could be appealed uh, simply because if you miss the train for the lottery, even if you should have gotten in there, you're ultimately prejudiced. This could create a delay in the months, if not like a Missouri style delay, um, not Missouri, New Jersey style delay where it could be like over a year. And so that's really, really terrifying. Um, and, and a lot of the social equity teams really just do not need that. And they shouldn't be put through that. It's really the fault of the rules that changed like during the process. And so these these tiebreakers came out in, in December, right before the window closed. And then that, that just kind of ultimately uh, created this problem where if you're not in the lottery, you don't even have a chance to win. And so if you don't have a chance to win, you have all the incentive in the world after spending tens of thousands of dollars on your application uh, to spend tens of thousands of more dollars on uh, litigation. Can so you, we'll see. I, I hope I'm wrong on that. How does litigation? So, like, you know, our fearless leader is uh, the master of the courts. Um, is there ever a point that you can keep taking shit to court and it has to, like, be acknowledged at that point? Like, okay, you're done suing as many times as you can. This is it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, you know, it's sanctions. And so there's sanctions that you can weigh. In Illinois, it's Rule 137. At the federal level, I want to say it's mm -hmm. Rule 11. And so you have to have a good faith basis, in fact, for bringing an action. And um, the satisfaction of that element could be, it could be true, but I like to think that you actually have to have something besides mere speculation. Uh, some people don't. And yeah. uh, eventually after you filed or refiled or re-refiled, uh, then the, the courts will start saying, you're not allowed to file any more of these and you're fined tens of thousands of dollars for wasting everybody's time. Mm. It's yep. crazy, dude. So, uh, uh, Christopher Pressure, he asked if so, we think uh, Colorado set the way for medical and recreational. And I'd like to remind him that uh, Colorado and Washington legalized at the same time. <laughs> right. Colorado and Washington legalized at the same time. And then California really set the way for medical and like mid, like Dennis Perone. Because yeah. uh, back, back in the day, uh, they had this disease called AIDS, and they still have it. It's just nowhere near as fatal as it was. And so in the mid-90s, uh, what happened was, in the early 90s, because AIDS turned out to be a palliative care uh, use for medical cannabis and also to help against the nausea that a lot of those uh, antivirals at that time would cause. And so it was a very good uh, combination therapy for the cocktail that uh, AIDS patients would take to you know, not die. And um, a lot more patients were added to that uh, federal program that Irv and, and what's the what's the lady's name also it was there at Hempfest last year Elvi. Uh, you Stephanie Lambda or um, oh no, Elvi no, uh, Musk Muskove. Uh, Elvi Muskovy, yeah, the other yeah, federal uh, patient. So all yeah. these uh, AIDS patients started applying to uh, that federal program, and so George H W Bush, you know, shut that down. Because uh, AIDS patients don't have family values or whatever the, the Republican Party stood for in 1991. And so then Dennis Perone kind of started like the Oakland Buyers Club. Uh, not all that dissimilar than that Matthew McConaughey movie, the Dallas Buyers Club. Or maybe it was Oakland, maybe it was San Francisco, Bay Area. 
Uh, yeah. and, and that's really where medical cannabis, uh, the modern, modern medical cannabis, not like the 19th century O'Shaughnessy, you know, Irish guy Ooh. medical cannabis came from. 30 seconds, 420 on Eastern Standard Time. Are you kidding? It's almost Already. 420 somewhere. Seems I got to get my joints. Hey, uh, now, now remember, hey, I, all those guys, we've answered their question. If you guys want books and dube tubes, don't forget to go ahead and email us. And after, uh, oh, there it is. Well, uh, we'll get your we'll get your email addresses and then we'll get your addresses addresses and, and send you out one. So, like, are we going to do a little countdown to our, our 420? Yeah, 15 seconds. 15 seconds. I got to go find a lighter, man. You're going to be SOL here in a minute. And due to YouTube practices, uh, this is tobacco. Hey, don't, don't spoil it. Don't spoil it. <laughs> it's tobacco. This is, supposed to be a, this is a joke. This was a joke, man. <laughs> I'm only doing Kratom. All right. Oh, okay. So uh, I guess it's uh, three. Two, wait, is that correct? Oh, yeah. It's three, two, one. That was fast. Yeah, I don't know where those clouds came from. Always I'm... comply with policies from large multi-jurisdictional uh, tech companies. And then also always comply with your state laws, just like <laughs> I am. I only have three girls in there. I'm allowed to have up to five. Hey, what do you um, – I was thinking – yesterday I had a good conversation with Ohio activists uh, – uh, and he was saying, or we brought up, or I brought up rather, you know, prohibition for cannabis has been what almost a hundred years, eighty years. Uh, why did alcohol? Thirty-seven. Yeah, but why did alcohol prohibition get turned around so fast? Like, why is it taking us so long for a bunch of uh, everybody cannabis? drank, everybody yeah. drank, just uh, because out. like the problems like well, cannabis at that time was really basically being used uh, like aspirin. And so uh, they replaced aspirin with or, or cannabis and aspirin for pain care with like, you know, acetaminophen or, or uh, ibuprofen. And then they eventually took it out of the uh, pharmacopoeia in 1990, no, 1942. And, and then after mm. that, they just bulldozed the truth on it, you know? Yeah, no, that's just crazy to think about, man. Like, I always just thought about the unity, too, you know, uh even at Hempfest, I mean, shit, just to get six people to agree on the same shit, you know, it just it boggles my mind. Yeah. Voters, you know, let alone um, uh, we all have a different way that this should be uh, taken care of, right? Rescheduled, descheduled. Right. I believe you're in a re rescheduling. is the only way to do it. And, well, yeah. the descheduling issue, uh, the, the, the descheduling issue would still create a problem when it comes to the tetrahydrocannabinols and then the other synthetic uh, cannabinoids still being scheduled one substances. So, like, you could have uh, cannabis extraction, and that's kind of what the DEA's posture is. And so even if marijuana wasn't on the Controlled Substances Act, just like hemp, and you started to do some type of extraction, then the, the DEA might swoop in and say, no, that's a synthetic cannabinoid extract that's prohibited by this. And then we'd be like, all right, come on, guys. You just like arresting people. Yeah. Well, it's, it. it's clearly revenue. I mean, who have they been saving, right? Uh, they've been saving themselves. They're phony <laughs> baloney jobs. Harumph. Harumph. We're going to get a harumph out of that guy. Shenanigans. But, uh, we, we, do, we do chronological a lot of that uh, in shenanigans. Somebody said shenanigans. Uh, we do chronological a lot of that in this, uh, in this book, the case of U.S. v. Yerba's. And so it does talk about how it was just, oh, they kind of railroaded it in the summer of 1937. And then, you know, I've done your, stuff on Dr. Woodward before. Nobody really. Yeah. That? Oh, well, when you wrote that book, like, I, I really did enjoy it when I read it, you know, as far as perspective of uh, the Mexican truck driver yeah. and his family. And uh, what was your inspiration for that? Where did right. you go? Uh, what made you come with that well, storyline? that's line? the whole thing. You know, and, and uh, there was another... You just make it up. And then the other thing is um, uh, it also had a medical patient. And so like the medical patients being maligned, the whole the whole law was essentially set up to malign, uh, you know, blacks and Mexicans, uh, immigrants. And then uh, like, yeah, there was also a black guy who was like a prosecutor that, you know, kind of had some problems with, you know, 
it, like how Kamala Harris, she was a prosecutor and now she's supporting it. And so like that can yeah. create a little bit of inner conflict uh, because, you know, you feel like you're betraying when you're fighting on the wrong side of whatever. But um, uh, all those things just kind of are at play in the in the cannabis laws and how silly they are. And then how uh, the Congress, the Congress's actions in like the 1930s were just bullshit. And then you see like what Congress did then again in the 1970s. And it was just bullshit. And then yeah. you see what they're still doing now through the DEA. And you're like, hey, come on. And then uh, still none of the parties have put it on their platform. And so like you're still marginalized and, and maligned because you don't matter. Like we have real yeah. problems. Why do we have to deal with uh, these drug addicts over there? Seriously. It, or even just our perspective, this drug ignorance that we have, you know. we Dude, we assume... I can't hear you. Oh, shit. Can you hear me now? Still can. Oh shit! Uh, but then again, I'm not sure if I can hear anything. Yeah, maybe you're not clear, Tom. I'm not sure why you can't hear anything. Oh, maybe I'm not, not, I can hear everything. I can hear everything. Okay. Oh. <laughs> yep. But we do have a question about the Moore Act. If you guys want to talk about that, yeah, let's talk about the Moore Act. Left Earth asked, "What ob obstacles does the Moore Act face in order to move forward through Congress?" And then a related question he followed up with: Can we repair the damages and racial disparities created by? a failed war on cannabis. So for those who don't even know what the Moore Act is, let's talk about that and then answer his question. What do you yeah, guys think? Cool. Yeah, the Moore Act is the Marijuana Opportunity and Reinvestment. I'd have to look at what the Moore Act actually stands for again, because I haven't written on it in about a year, but it's like Marijuana Opportunity and Reinvestment and Expungement Act, I want to yeah. say. Uh, and so it does have a lot of the aspects that the Illinois law does when it comes to social justice. Uh, but then it also um, allocates taxes. And so that's the reinvestment part. And yeah. then how is it through Congress? Um, you need to have 51% of the senators that will vote for it. And uh, there's 53 senators that are Republican in uh, the United States Senate. And nobody supports that. So if you call your senator and they're republican you can tell them to support the more act that would hasten it other than that yeah uh it's not going to go anywhere but if it did though i think honestly it would help amends like a lot of the pain that we have still it would... not hear you guys though wow i think uh the phone is fucking up so, Lord, so i might have to go back to the, uh, yeah, you're the coming, studio you're coming yeah, in he's, that's so crazy he's out of sync why couldn't I hear, could you hear miggy i could not hear miggy at all i can hear miggy yeah. You can't hear me now? Can you hear I me can't. now? Oh, maybe well, um, I got nothing. Now I can. Okay. okay. Hey, <laughs> All right. Remix. Ba -ba remix. Yes, yes. When you talk about the DEA and the Republicans in the Senate, you will get this happen. And then you see, suddenly something will be talking, you'll be talking about it. And then like those words go out and they're like, we should listen in on this. And then uh, I couldn't hear your audio for some reason. For some reason. Yeah. It's not a conspiracy if it can be true. I always say, man. No, it, it's on it, all due respect, it's probably um, uh, technical difficulties, but meh, it's always fun to be a little bit paranoid when you're talking about this issue as it has been marginalized for like 80 plus years, you know? Yeah, but I guarantee you, I, I got a file on someone's FBI folder. You know? Yeah, I'm sure you do. I'm sure you're, I'm, I'm, yeah, I probably do as well. Unfortunately, I'm trying to sit there and go like, Guys, what are you doing? Do you have any idea how much money you're losing the country? Do you have any Seriously. fucking idea how much money you're losing the country, you three guys in the Senate? Uh, and and why are you doing that? Oh, because if I go through your Rolodex of donors, they are scared. I get it. I get it. And so could, uh, beyond costing the country as far as financial, I mean, it's costing us a, a social inequity. It, it, it's it's creating right. the the disparity that we have. Right. It, it helps you revoke the 13th Amendment really easy if you're a criminal. You know, and so like well, slavery is gone unless we can make you a criminal. Yeah. And then, I, and then how is the how is it how is it enforced? Oh, it's clearly got a racially disproportionate impact when it's being enforced. Like if the Moore Act were to pass. Right. That would enable like interstate commerce alone. Once interstate commerce is able to happen, then you can at least walk outside without your your, your butt a little more unpuckered. Well, you know? not only that, you can also have a brand. I mean, like just like Budweiser was able to have their brewers distributing throughout the United States. So that's something that GTI and Cresco and those guys are trying to set up right now so that they can control their genetics and they can control their uh, their offerings. I mean, I mean, 
differences happen. Like, so like flavors in, in Boston are different than flavors in Seattle, yeah. but uh, you could have standardization when it comes to certain products. How important do you think, I mean, you know what? I'm starting to, and I feel the genetic hype has been a long hype as far as uh, we, you know, uh, different breeders have names for themselves, but doesn't it always come down to the farmer, you know, the actual guy toiling the soil, the what you feed your girls behind you? Have you noticed a difference? Can you, have you played with it as far as the lights? Yeah, and the yeah. well, there's all that. There's, there's quality, but quality needs to be throughout, like, the chain of the events. And so, like, yeah. there's a lot of people that pay, play their part in making high-quality cannabis flour, especially, like, the premium-grade stuff. Uh, and I think the price of premium-grade is going to stay up there where it is right now because – in certain areas of the country, you do have more supply equilibrium where yeah. you got enough. Uh, and because of that, even like in Seattle, where you guys have decent supply, right? You're not really hurting. Right. Oh, yeah. I mean, I just paid 125 for an ounce. So, right. you know, and, and that's comparable to the quality is okay. Uh, in medical, it was still better quality um, because I think the, the, the free market competition creates a lot of quality to come out. Yeah, uh, right. Green with Envy asked if we think Missouri is going to legalize in 2021. No, they'll do it by a ballot initiative in 2022. So, do you think it's on the horizon, though? I mean, it's, it's oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, there's an election in November, but then not next November. And so, I think it'll be back on the ballot for 2022. In fact, I think that if COVID hadn't happened, Missouri could have been on the ballot this year. You know, it's hard to do the social. It's easy to do social distancing on a podcast like this where you're yeah. in Seattle. I'm in Peoria and then we can talk. It's hard to do uh, social distancing when you need to get signatures. that will be approved for a ballot initiative. Do you think maybe there's some I mean, COVID has changed a lot of ways. We figure out the way we uh, work, you know, nine to yeah. five, the way we go to school. Not so much needed to be in present, but right. I, you know, factor. So yeah, Maybe so two what factor authentication ballot initiatives? Why voting? can't you do a two factor authentication ballot initiative or two factor authentication voting? Yeah. Like, you know, if you get locked out of your Google account, then Google is going to send you a text message with so many digits and then you send that back and then like you answer a, a question. All right, now we've done two two factor and and a security question and then they give you access. You yeah. know, or or then they count your vote. Um Think of how cheap that is, A, to fucking do. So think of how few people you need to hire to do a successful vote. Right. And then two, like think about how hard it is to, to fuck with simply yeah. because everybody's got that signature. That, I mean, you could, you could say it's blockchain and you could make a particular amount of database that you need with all these particular things. Yeah. But um, meh, I don't get it. <laughs> But I think it's just the, the fear mongering, like the uh, the same conservative people in, say, oh. North Dakota. Or... Have you heard of Estonia? No. All right. Did you know that Estonia has basically done that with like they just have numbers for people and then they can do anything that they want very, very easily? Because unlike, you know, a Social Security number, they have like numbers that tie to everything. So they oh, can wow. like. Yeah. Uh, so check out Estonia's usage of technology to operate government. It would probably have the expense of our government within a decade oh my god that, i mean we'd be so efficient and then you know every voice would actually get heard that'd be amazing right mm -hmm. true who's what was that uh comment i didn't see you that one. is awesome that was christopher stony is awesome yeah so i'm telling you man check out estonia's uh tech laws and is, what they've done to run their run their run their company or is it the same one the same place that the grateful dead paid for their uh their basketball team Oh, I think so. Yeah, the sponsor. No, no, it was one of those Balkan countries. Uh, yeah, but I don't know if it was that one. I, Just I thought fact. that maybe Lithuania. Yeah, because well, that's we, what it was. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Fun fact: Grateful Dead paid for a basketball team's uh, Olympic uh, uh, trip. Yeah, and their their uniforms and stuff. Yeah, pretty funny. You know, that's one of the things you can do with money when you uh, when you have enough of it. You know, like I'm gonna do that. Well, you know, and I always saw the Grateful Dead shirts with like the basketball shit, and I was like, well, I don't get how Grateful Dead and basketball combine. And then I learned yeah, that would make that. sense because, like, you know, back in '92, I'm sure that that was when they sponsored it. You know, yeah, because that was that was the year they could have, and it was like one of those deals with uh, the Soviet Union had just fallen, and so like they didn't have that country in the last Olympics or something like that. Yeah, we got. Uh, I read some of the hemp law. Didn't comment, but will. Oh, good deal. 
I yeah, we're working on a comment, so that's going to be one of the things that we'll have out for this week. We'll have a comment piece on the the hemp derived Delta Eight, and that we think that their their comment that they make their rule uh, isn't isn't an interpretive rule as much as it's a legislative rule because it amends the definition of hemp is yeah. the, the gist of our argument. But um, uh, we're going to have aspects on that and then uh, hopefully work in combination with uh, a few organizations out there to find plaintiffs and then file suit to enjoin the DEA. Are you guys making um, a blanket statement for people to copy and paste to in that comment uh, section? Something like that. Something like that. Where that's So there's another uh, tab on my screen uh, open that has like, you know, what is Delta 8 and why is it legal? or something like that. And then I just go through the, the particular laws as they are. And we need some guidance and some clarification as to what this means from the federal courts so that we, yeah. we know whether or not, because there's the Delta 8 industry is getting quite large. It's in the millions. I mean, like this is a lawful product that you can sell uh, all over the United States. And, and according to my reading of the definition of hemp, it's, it's hemp. Uh, it is a derivative of an extract of hemp that's you know it's not on the plant but yeah. um i i and it's it's a cannabinoid it says all cannabinoids if all. if they do unless enforce... delta three unless delta nine so, yeah yes. but what's the do you really think they'll they'll actually turn a whole industry i mean the, the cbd thing is caught fire it's kind of well, like that uh, regulations like this they're so jur they're they're so administrative specific and so, like, what happens, because the USDA regs have already been punted, which was supposed to go into effect uh, next crop year and now, like, basically postponed on the testing uh, landscape of it until 2022. So if they aren't going to be testing until the next administration, what if it's not the current administration and the rules are completely different? Wouldn't that mm. be interesting? So that is a reason to vote for Joe Biden, because then those administrators are going to be appointed, hopefully, by people that are more along the lines of the, the, the liberals that support legalizing cannabis, yeah. like the vice president. Yeah. Yeah. No, and, 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 you know, and back to her story, I think uh, that's a lot of people try to bring up to me. They're like, well, she, you know, imprisoned 1,500 people or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that was years ago. Now, as of, Today, she's a co-sponsor to Morak, which would help make right. amends for all that. It would help. But then, like, like, remember when we had the politician from Pennsylvania, uh, Senator Leach, and he told yeah. us how politicians think? How does this oh, benefit yeah. me? What's in it for me? And so back 20 years ago, her calculus didn't change. She, yeah. She hasn't changed. She still asked herself, what's in it for me? How does it benefit me? And so the policy has changed. And if it's benefiting her now, that's why she's advancing it. Oh, for sure. I, yeah, I mean, the the, the non-fear of standing behind it, which is even funnier too. Did you have you seen where the the Trump campaign has been using it to mock her? Like, uh, as far as uh, Giuliani was saying, uh, um, you know, bringing that point up of how she arrested people, and they're like, "You can't trust her," and he's all like, Pfft. "And it's like you can't use that as a pointing finger." issue unless you're standing for legalization period i don't think right yeah yeah i mean yeah it's idiotic to these uh a lot of the stuff about the marijuana laws are idiotic and so they're idiotic yeah. and they, they just kind of reflect a general misunderstanding with the plant that's been there since they swept it under the rug 80 years ago and so uh because it has that moral of oh you know judgment on it for some people that sometimes get in power that are often conservative not like West Coast conservative, but like East Coast conservative. Um, yeah, they just they just hate weed. Yeah. Hey, you know, I think it's almost 420. So <laughs> it's almost 420 somewhere again. All right. Oh God, it is. <laughs> well, I know what to do. You give your letter this time. Yep. <laughs> I just want a smoke break. <laughs> Wait, how come we don't have somebody run the thing? Thank you. <laughs> wait, wait. Part two. You didn't catch up. Oh, yeah. This is fun. We should do this more often. <laughs> Technology done to perfection. 
I love that little fucking thing, dude. Music, the elevator yeah. music. Yeah, it, it is. It is. And the, the whole point of it was to kind of have it be like, um, remember in The Simpsons when something would go wrong on television and they would cut to that that scene and it would just be like the drunk um, uh, camera operator. So the camera operator's drunk and it, it's playing that elevator music. I'm like, wait, that's what we need to be compliant and always comply with the law and the terms of service. Make sure you comply. Uh, and so that you're not supposed to be doing that. And that's why we have our, our bumper. Yeah. I mean, it's just, I understand why we do it. It's just frustrating. You know, there's a channel where a guy medicates and reviews movies. Have you seen that one? No, I haven't. I haven't it's seen that one. And then you got the, all the, the booty girls that'd be doing their dabs and shit on the YouTube. Well, I can see like, why that'd be popular considering the average age of YouTube's like 24. Yeah, I just think it's frustrating that two grown men can't just shoot the shit and smoke weed and on live, you know, well, like blatantly. You can, you can. Well, I mean, blatantly, but turned like, off. That's the thing. Yeah, I mean, this is the best tobacco I've had for a while. I mean, that's, uh, that's not tobacco. That that actually looks like uh, an herbal or an herbal supplement, you know, which yeah. we need to work on. So let's let's uh, try to get uh, CBD labeled an herbal supplement. We're going to have to get a uh, another. Another petition for that one. Getting CBD to be labeled an herbal supplement. Put that on the to-do list for next year. You know, and it's but, an off year. But the vitamins category, I thought it's already, I thought it's already in that category. No, 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 it's not. It was actually just a, a, a epidiolex. And so that, it was literally an FDA-approved drug. So you weren't allowed to touch that at all. And so now that epidiolex's people have kind of stepped away from that, Hopefully they can make CBD and herbal supplement, but still let's get back to the definition of hemp and why it makes no sense of the DEA's position. Cause it says like the term hemp means the plant cannabis and any part of that plant, including the seeds thereof and all derivatives, extracts, cannabinoids, isomers, acid salts, salts of isomers, whether growing or not. And then it just says with uh, a Delta nine tetrahydrocannabinol uh, cannabinol concentration of not more than 0.3% on a dry weight basis. So we also have to understand what is a dry weight basis. And so, okay, let's define that Delta nine yeah. THC. Okay. Kind of defines that. That's fine. Where does it say natural? I don't see that at all. You know, hmm. but could it be applied? No, no. That's the one thing that you always have to remember about statutes nothing should be implied. It means what it says. You're just always trying to look with the plain meaning. And it can be very, very difficult. And that's why we have courts with benches. And that's why you'll have opinion decisions that aren't necessarily always unanimous. Man, law sucks. <laughs> oh, man, it's like the most fun you can have while sitting in your ass. Well, you know, like here we fight for homegrown. And we even had Allison Holocomb, the, 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 the writer of the bill. And she was... She wrote an article in support of the home grow bill that we were writing, and she said, "502 law, home grow is in the spirit of the law." Like she intended for that, but my bad for not putting it there. And the spirit of the law, come on, guys, let's get shit, man. Yeah, yeah, I don't understand it. I don't understand it. But then that's going to be stuff that we'll be uh, doing over this week is more on the Delta eight and explaining that and trying to understand like their position. And hopefully their position is, no, you're right. We're not coming to arrest you yet. Yeah. Yet. You know, and so do they need to change the definition of hemp in the next farm bill? I think they do, but we'll see. Yeah. And then if they don't though, I mean, what do you think? Are they going to start closing businesses well they're they're already they're already screwing up businesses because Mm. now you have you have a you have an industry that's legal operating under they think it's legal so this is like a classic ex post facto you're like wait Mm. a second just a second you're telling me so for the past few years what we've been doing has been a crime no what we have been doing hasn't been a crime and so uh that's one aspect of it's also a takings because you have all this stuff under the auspices that it's a totally lawful business. You yeah. established banking. You've you've put out uh, pro formas. You've said these are our offerings for our security. Here's our business venture. This oh, is man. now all uh, a huge, vast conspiracy uh, in a Schedule One substance. Oh gosh, I hope not. Uh, hopefully, the DEA was not trying to imply that. The the lawsuit that's going to be coming at the government for these this like you said post facto rule. That is destroying uh, an industry that's thriving and already paying American bills. Um, Trying to, man. Like the, but the CBD industry is like, all right, so you're not going to get the premium price because you're not talking about THC weed. 
and yeah. everybody can grow the CBD. And but you're good. The CBD has a price. Like if you want to go buy premium flour, it costs that much. Right. You know? But you're, you're you're limiting the the the, the market as far as uh, uh, when when if they were going to go after these uh, percentages of the THC, the, the new regulation, whatever the post facto stuff, right? Mm-hmm. We've already been at this for what three years now. You know, all the way back uh, to Charlotte's Web, uh, maybe longer. Yeah. But, but then the, um, the, the, it really it's really only been since 2019, to be honest, like, well, the, it's, there was a lot of CBD business that was going on and being sold uh, pursuant to the farm bill of 2014 prior to, uh, yeah. you know, 2019. But then as soon as 2019 hit, it just really started to explode because all of a sudden the definition of hemp was really, really broad. Uh, there's a lot of cannabinoids that are there and, and they derived some some of them, uh, which is. I thought what the law meant you to be able to do. And then like the dry weight basis, that means like a, a finished product in my opinion. And so when you're processing something that shouldn't be considered it's dry weight basis, it's dry weight basis should be what's shipped out the door to the end consumer. And uh, their, their rules also seem to imply that's not the case. And so like, it would be really, really difficult for you to just throw the hemp into the extractor because it says like it can never go over that 0.3%, no matter if you're processing it or not processing it. And if you, if it goes over that, then suddenly what has magically been hemp and well, what has been hemp now magically becomes a controlled substance, a schedule one controlled substance. They're going from z- like uh, that Drake song zero to a hundred real quick. <laughs> And so, like, because yeah. that's what they—it's not in the scheduling. And then suddenly, it is a federal crime, punishable by million-dollar fines and and life in prison. Yeah, could it be argued that these post-facto laws are actually, or besides hurting the Americans that are doing business, can it be argued that these post-facto laws aren't helping anybody as far as like? That's lawsuits don't give a shit about people. Uh, they, they only give a shit about the litigants. And so, well, like, you know, that's, that's just kind of how it is. And so, like, if there's a class of plaintiffs, though, and yeah. so those class of plaintiffs have the same beef with the government uh, because of this reading. So in that instance, there's only really two parties. And so litigation is exceedingly narrowly focused, uh, so or at least it needs to be. Otherwise, it becomes uh, just some litigation just just can just continue to mushroom and grow old. And it's it's terrible. Sure. You're like, well, somebody please put this litigation out of its misery. Well, I mean, can, can someone litigate this to the point that uh, there's no need for this rule to come about? Like, it, you're not you're not saving. We anybody. need a we need a new definition of hemp. That's what we need. Right. And so the new dis- definition of hemp should be what it is now, but at one percent, one percent total THC, and then uh, a very broad uh, definition. And then if if Congress wants to try to regulate delta eight, um, you know, they can do that which sucks, but uh, that gets back to the, okay, are we going to take this plant out or are we not going to take this plant out? And so if you take the plant out, you're taking all its derivatives out. You know, you're not going to yeah. magically selectively put them right back in there and create this same mess that you had going on when it shouldn't have been there in the first place. And that's what they've been saying since 1972, unless you look at the LaGuardia report or like the testimony of the AMA at the, uh, the hearings in 1937. It just—it just seems to me that these are such unnecessary things that are taking place right now. You know, we—we we have other issues in America that, you know, regulating CBD is—it's not a priority. It's—you know—we're not saving anybody. You know, we're not helping uh, a consumer. We're not helping a citizenry. We're not doing any of this shit. Uh, yeah. I, I, wait, who's been harmed again? Yeah. Where's the? Where's the uh... Where's the victim? Can't yeah. you go fi- fix this Corona stuff? How about that? Uh, uh, you know, how about, hey, how about that we don't test the rate gets? Can we not let Epstein get killed? Maybe let, you know, where's, how's Maxwell doing? Let's check on her. I'm just saying, right. we got other shit to do. That's, That's right. not uh, a How about we get the uh, country back open instead, huh? Uh, but, uh, I mean, if they're going to try to come after this industry, then they should have given this industry, you know, fair warning and due notice so that they can start lobbying uh, Congress and say, hey, I thought that's what this meant. That's what we had all signed up for. Uh, and what's this that now you're going to start coming back against us? You know, well, it seems to me that what's going on in America with uh, hemp CBD legalizations, what happened to Washington when we had marijuana legalization? First, it was medical. Medical came out. And then there was this thriving market, this thriving world, mind you, that 
no one knew anything about unless you paid for your prescription, went to the events, hanged out and paid for the dabs or did whatever. You know, you consume, there was consumption all over, lounges like bars. And uh, that uh, medical industry was killed by recreational, um, just due to regulation. You know, and that's what seems to be what's going on here. They're trying to get rid of the CBD present industry with some new pretend regulation that they can, because they're not they're, we're, they're we're regulated. Person. They aren't allowed yeah. to, uh, but okay. The regulators aren't allowed to legislate. So the legislature did its job. And now the regulators are saying, well, we don't want to. And so like, well, that's not the point. You know, you're, you're the fourth branch of government. You're the executive. You're not allowed to then start renegotiating what the Congress said they wanted. Yeah. Um, and farm bills last every four years. And so like the definition of hemp was different in 2014 than in 2018. And if we uh, use our you know legislative lobbying abilities, let's hope that by the 2022 uh, farm bill, the definition calls for a concentration of not more than 1% on a dry weight basis. And dry weight basis is defined as final retail product. You know, that would be appropriate. Well, and I think also, too, is the expansion of the THC limits, you know, with this thinking that even if it has a little bit testing hot, it's mm, going to be yeah. a, a value. It's going to be all of a sudden now you got cocaine. No, you know, no, that's that's fundamental misunderstanding of the chemical. And so, yeah. like, there's a lot of education that's needed to be able to get that one percent because that point three percent number, you know, where did that come from? Again, arbitrary bullshit. Arbitrary. Completely <laughs> pulled out of the air. Completely pulled out of the air before they knew how the plant even worked. Hey, what are you drinking? I am having a uh, a light beer on a Sunday. An Elysian Dayglow APA. Oh, no, no. I am so basic compared to you. I have a Miller Lite. Oh, for, you now, are. I'm trying to also not con- consume on the screen just in case this. The, now, the difference between the policy regulations, what, I'm, what we're doing now might be okay. Uh, however, like when we were trying to... Uh, avoid on-screen uh, consumption of medicine that's legal in both of our states. Yeah. Uh, that might not be okay. Well, again, they deleted Cheech and Chong. Yeah, they deleted I mean, Cheech and Chong. Uh, I mean, if you don't have a forum that's, you know, if you don't have a, a, a reputation or a background or whatever, they can just boop, and then rebuilding the 5K subscribers. Please go to Kevin's Legalization News. Yeah, <laughs> subscribe to the newsletter so you can right. stay in our lives. <laughs> yeah, oh man, I tell you, it's it is something else, but um, it's a lot of fun. That's but the problem really is that you know you have to have kind of a rubberneck because you know one day you're just sitting there sailing along with a real hot product called D8 uh, THC, and it's derived from hemp, and we read what the statute says, so we think it's legal, and then they're like, uh-uh, or um, hey, we have all this CBD extract. And we think it's legal. And then the, the DEA is like, no, no. Well, you know, it's already bad enough that people who got involved in the industry, say the farmers, you know, uh, they grow a couple acres and then say a couple of acres test hot. You know, that that's one issue already that they've had experience. Or the other one, remember in Oregon, they've had bad storms, like weather storm, uh, right. a hell storm took out some farms. So they, the farmer already has enough issues, you know, the, let alone tightening that. That, that testing spec is just ridiculous. Uh, well, that's, that's why they postponed the enforcement uh, on the testing for a year. But then that by postponing that, uh, they essentially kicked it to the next administration, the next Congress, which is great. But then it also kind of shows you how these regulations work. And so, you know, if we can enjoin them from enforcing this regulation during the pendency of the litigation, so the D8 industry can continue to grow and thrive uh, and then contribute to uh, legislative change at their uh, local senatorial level. So like I said, three senators are holding up the Safe Banking Act, the MORE Act, uh, and uh, more sensible regulations behind the Delta 9 or THC levels uh, and, and how much the DEA needs to get involved uh, in this. I mean, it's it's there's, there's a lot that can be done regulatively. What's the... Uh, What's the uh, the 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 monster of multi heads? That's what this, this is like. Hydra. Yeah. This is, yeah. When you talk about cannabis, and you're talking about why it's illegal. It's a hydra itself. And you're well, talking about the benefits of what it can do as a hydra in itself. Yeah. You know, I, about all the uh, regulations that are involved with uh, the cannabis plant uh, at the federal level. You got the Department of Justice. You got the IRS. You got the the DEA. 
which is also the Department of Justice. You got the Department of Health. You got the National Institute of Drug Abuse. I know I'm missing some. Prison system. Prison system. Oh, gosh. Yeah. And then um, there has to be some more. And then especially when we would look at the the law regarding the controlled substances to see how you get uh, uh, research approved. I bet there are certain layers of regulation that I'm forgetting when it comes to research approved. So you have all these levels of regulation uh, into this plant just to prevent any movement on that industry, any study of benefit into that plant. Uh, and any industry, any commerce in that plant, and yeah. then it's, it's what is it? I mean, it's it's just knocking people over in the head with how obvious the in applications that this plant has towards a consumer base that wants the product. These uh these post facto rules, what they do is they they hurt successful Americans, people who are already in in doing a thing with the company, or doing a thing with the CBD industry, because that's what happened with legalization in medical here was you know medical you have very well to do you know you should be able to pay your bills off this shit you should be able to yeah. uh, uh uh drive a nice things and you know i don't i don't uh, i'm never mad at anybody for success for being wealthy or whatever you know and but when you switch these roles up in the middle of their game uh you just cost them you know well, that's that's true. I mean, people have already sunk a lot of an investment into it. And that's one of the reasons why you can uh, have standing to bring a lawsuit like this. If you're a hemp business that faces risk and 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 risk of loss of their their investment they've done. And so that's the ex post facto law. You have this uh, this criminalization that uh, you know results in this taking of all their people's property, uh, you know, because they start enforcing it and you have an extraction machine and you have some while in processing hemp extraction and it's not. 0.3% or lower, according to the DEA, it's marijuana. Yeah. If you don't have a permit for that, we have to take it. It's not even good marijuana. I'm just saying. It's, yeah. And so, like, it, it just boggles the mind on that aspect. And so, like, I hope that's not what the DEA is implying by their rules. Looks yeah. like it. Uh, and then it also looks like the DEA is implying that Delta 8 or any other, like, any other tetrahydrocannabinol that you would be able to derive from the hemp extract would also be considered um, Schedule 1, which, again, I don't think that's what that law says. But, again, the whole focus on the THC being the the, the negative, psychoactive, crazy component of marijuana is a, still a misnomer, a misconstrued thing by the DEA who, you know, it's... It, it, you know, that, that number happened before the genetics were even known. Yeah. They didn't know about this 20 to 1 ratio. That's why the 1% makes sense. And so if you read Vermont's hemp laws uh, and their regs, their regs are the best because they actually cite the people that did the research, like Dr. Uh, Ethan Russo, and then the, the breaking down his uh, chemotypes of, of the cannabis plant. And so, like, you could easily regulate it by type. You know, oh, this is a CBD 1 to 1, you know, and oh, this is a 20 to 1 CBD. That's yeah. the vast majority of the industrial uh, hemp that's out there for CBD varietals. And then there's, you know, uh, most of the medical cannabis is out there and it's THC and zero CBD because of the CBG. And so, like, you figured out how to flip a switch and then it, it turned into CBD as opposed to THC. Yeah. No, it's, it's there. Hey, we should do one more 420 before we go. Oh, well, that sounds fantastic. One more cheers. <laughs> just a second. Let oh, me yeah. just wander off. Just, oh, there's the magic of television. I am not here. Worked. It works. Uh, <laughs> the activist hour was really uh, productive today. I tell you, uh, and and that was that was a good. And we had some good guests that actually got booked last week. So mm-hmm. like uh, likes and subscribes if you if you want to tune in in the future. We're going to see Ed Rosenthal on, yeah, or uh, Steve D'Angelo. So we're going to have them in the coming weeks. Uh, and so if you give us a like and a subscribe, then you'll be able to uh, get notice when those guys come on and a lot of other good shit. For example, uh, did we get did we get people to give us stuff so we could mail them things? Yeah, anybody who had their question answered, make sure you email me at lauren at canvaslegalizationnews.com so we can send you guys some goodies. All right. Oh, yes. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Hey, we uh, have 40 people hang out this whole time. That's amazing. I know, I know. So we should, you know, don't forget to, to you know, hit us back on Wednesday. Lauren, do you have any uh, promos on our Wednesday guest? 
for our Wednesday guests, we're going to have an extractor dude come on. Uh, they've got some technology they're going to talk about. Extraction or uh, distillation. So Extraction, distillation. That'll be a lot of fascinating things. And we'll be able to ask uh, about how the, the combinations of these THC and CBD levels go while they're doing these extractions and distillations. And then what dry weight basis means. It'll be, uh, it'll be a lot of fun. Hell yeah. Oh, yeah. So make sure you like and subscribe. We'll see you on Wednesday, guys. Later. Thank <laughs> you.